everybody. Welcome to the uh, latest edition of the uh, Squared Triangle. Um, a little later as of recording than we'd like, but stuff happens. Been kind of a scuffed week, so... And like, it, it's like I keep saying, we all have full-time jobs. And sometimes we just forget um, to unmute something. So. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we forget to unmute something. This is sometimes take two. Just occur. Yeah, this is take two of this recording. I uh, was going to let you keep your dignity and everything. You wanted to say it, so... No, I wanted to say like that because also after talking about this one, this was a nothing pay-per-view. So there was really not was. a lot to talk about. So this is going to be kind of a mix between Money in the Bank and the following week of wrestling up until um, by the time that this goes up last night, uh, Friday night, SmackDown. We are recording so we'll probably this probably speculate Friday. a little bit on SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. SmackDown starts for us in like three hours. Yeah. So I think to some of this based on our previous conversation out of this whole pay-per-view, I think there were three matches that we were really into most of this night. Yep. Uh, it was the opener, the other money in the bank match, and then the main event. It was the two ladder matches and then the main event, just, but everything else felt like a TV match, which I is personally enjoyed the historical context between Gunther and Matt Riddle, but I will acknowledge that it was, uh, it was a very short match. Like a lot of these matches did feel like just TV matches because we brought it up. They don't give enough time for storylines to breathe between all these premium live events. And it just seems like we're at the halfway point of a lot of feuds mm -hmm. or it's like, here's what we're doing until we get to the next step of the feud. And it's not yeah. really helping a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really not like, um, they should rebrand. Like if they're going to continue to do premium live events, they should rebrand which one of the which ones of them are like the major ones, which we know are the big four. Yeah. Um, and maybe money in the bank, maybe money in the bank is supposed to be sprinkled in there as well. Or like uh, backlash or, you know, whatever the case may be, like the lazy writing, the lazy writing pay-per-view and then the the one after WrestleMania. Got yeah. it. There, there's six right there. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them should be like. Not like discounted and not even not even because they're not as good for any not good at storyline, not as good for uh not as good in match quality. Like you're not getting a whole you're not getting your money's worth. I'm going to say it there. Yeah, and I think with all of us, we kind of agree the big four are WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and the Royal Rumble. Yep. Those are your big like storyline finishing moments. And then you have Money in the Bank, which is their get out of bad writing free card. Uh-huh. And then you can have Backlash as kind of your post WrestleMania like feud ender if something happens at WrestleMania. For sure. But, I mean, let me I'm gonna pull up a list here. Um WWE PLE twenty twenty-three. I wanna see exactly got him to say premium live event. It I'm gonna I'll try to I'm gonna keep calling them pay-per-views. I still call them pay-per-views. I got like, him to say premium live event. Like elimination elimination chamber, I feel like that's kind of a match type and not a pay-per-view. You know, like sure. I, I feel like Elimination Chamber should be like the end of like a big multi-man feud uh, going I'm, on. Uh, well, well, in Elimination, well, Elimination Chamber's defense, um, that's kind of determining the other match that will main event WrestleMania now. So I guess it has some use as, you know, you don't win the Royal Rumble, you can enter the Elimination Chamber and also try to secure yourself a spot against the world champion at WrestleMania. How oh, they've been using that lately. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, the other get out of get out of bad writing free card. But yeah, like, another get out of bad writing free card. We don't need payback almost um, exactly a month after 
SummerSlam, and then we don't need Fastlane a month after payback. Like it's again, if they if they uh, were charging you know fifty bucks for each of these shows, I wouldn't be as upset. But they are. Yeah, it's just it's it's a good thing they moved to Peacock as a subscription service instead of like charging a arm and a leg for for charging the price of a PlayStation game for for a pay per view. That's that's not that's not it. So looking it, on top. And on top of that, you know, it's a peak. Uh, like, what's it? Fast lane and payback. You can just do half of that stuff on Raw anyway, or yeah. SmackDown for sure. Like, it's not needed. I don't think. So, looking at um, the list here, it looks like they did cut down a lot, but at the same time, it still feels like too many because we don't need payback, we don't need fast lane, and in a perfect world, we would never have Crown Jewel. Like, those are <laughs> no, we. We can't do anything about that one. We can't. That's just going to happen. Um, that, that's the Saudis give w, me money the, pay-per-view. The WWE likes likes the, the, blood, the blood money from the Middle East, so. Yeah. Let's just give me money, you know, so we can uh, get by for the next several months of television. And we don't need Elimination Chamber as its own pay-per-view. Like, that can easily be, like, a big stipulation match mm-hmm. or something. I think, I think what you'll find is if they don't do Elimination Chamber as its own pay-per-view, is that they'll you'll keep having them what they'll keep doing is having that elimination chamber match before anyway so it's just going to be the same thing in it it's going to be in name anyway i mean they could do some kind of tournament in its place you know where they can you know determine who's going to be you know against the other world champion at wrestlemania but i think that would work a lot better but they are going to do that because they're not going to break from tradition if it's like hey we have a whole thing dedicated to elimination chamber so we're going to have a pay-per-view for Elimination Chamber and not use it as like a rarity because they're going to be like, oh, people want to see it. And it's like, no, I would love to see it like once, like two or two or three years at the end of like a big feud or something. I don't need it every year as its own pay-per-view that has now, its own tiny buildup. Now, like, in saying that, we've gotten a yearly Blood and Guts match at this point. Yeah, but also they only have four pay-per-views and they have the time to let that feud breathe enough to... Sure, it, up blood, but it, it, it is feeling big blow off. You know, yes. it, it, because it's the big a, blow up kind of like War Games was. Because I, that's I, the I that's I, the thing. It's um, and they made Survivor Series War Games now, which is mm-hmm. awesome because now we get that every I, year. I so. do like that. So that's, now, a good, that's a good yeah. Piece. So that throws half the argument out the window because we're getting War Games <laughs> too. But like, it's not that's like true. Elite and Blackpool Combat Club are having a feud, and then a premium live event goes up, and then for some reason, they're one of them teams is feuding with FTR. And then it goes back to the elite, you know, BCC feud. That's how these pay-per-views for WWE feel like we got onto it and we'll talk about it again. The Cody Dom match. Why in the smack dab of dab of a Cody Brock feud is fucking Dominic Mysterio involved is because, you know, that Brock's not going to work this B tier pay-per-view. Yeah. So why even have the B tier pay-per-view? You know, like it's just one of those things. It, it just there's money. no time to breathe. It's it's money. There's like no time to breathe these feuds, and also you have a part time guy like Brock, and it's just not going to be a great feud anyway. It's just a lot of filler at this point, and yeah. uh, it, it's just not working out. It's not. All right, mm-hmm. but let's get into the actual event itself. Uh, once again, <laughs> uh, this time with feeling with this time feeling, we really liked this men's ladder match. It was uh, good. Between um, Butch, Shinsuke, Santos Escobar, Damian Priest, Ricochet, LA Knight, and Logan Paul. Uh, everyone got their moment of like, hey, this person might win this. Yeah. And, and there was you a, know, two varying crowd reactions. 
and there's a big hype at the end as LA Knight's going up and the crowd's going wild. And then, nope, Damian Priest gets involved. Uh, LA Knight goes down. Priest gets the money in the bank, which isn't a bad pick. Uh, I think if you're going to pick anyone out of that, if you don't pick LA Knight, I think picking Priest is a good pick. Yeah, I, think, I think that's the pick you pick if you're not picking LA Knight. Yeah, but like they have to have heard that crowd reaction to LA Knight about to get that money in the bank. And I'm saying, like, if there's something you, you need to do something with LA Knight and you're not doing anything with Theory right now, just take that title off of him. Yeah. Just put it onto LA Knight, let him shine for yeah. a bit, and then. That match wasn't. They didn't even have a US title match. They didn't on even the have card. a US title match. That's the thing. It's like, what the fuck is Theory doing? Like, <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing right now because. How can we go from a Lashley like, title reign where he's like showcase? Like, this US title has been showcased for pretty much the last year as like. Oh, look, our, t- our secondary titles mean something again. And then it's just like Austin Theory just hasn't been around. <laughs> well, I got to kind of explain that, too, is because um, I think Austin Theory is kind of cooled off, you know, especially after WrestleMania with that pro when John Cena cut that promo on him. Yeah, John about Cena, like, he, wants, the shreds. he exposed the shit out he, of him. <laughs> he exposed the shit out of him. And, yeah. and I really feel like WWE was on to something with that, and they have not done anything with Theory since. So out of all the champions right now, Austin Theory feels like the most like an afterthought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just need to get him back on track or just get the, put the title off of him, put it on LA Knight and just let him run with it. Yeah. Uh, I did see a funny picture today. Uh, somebody was like, wait a minute. And it's a picture of Ezekiel. And then it's like a picture of LA Knight right next to him. And I'm like, they could still pull the storyline off <laughs> of, him being, of him being Elias's brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I hate, yeah. I hate that picture. I hate looking at this, but I would, I, I would watch so that. Much. I love the Ezekiel storyline, and I was still hoping it's it like, so what stupid. if he actually had a twin, and that was the big reveal at the end of this. The big reveal was that he actually had a twin. He hasn't. It was actually, he wasn't gaslighting people. He wasn't gaslighting people. It's like, oh, they kept his twin brother the most secret thing ever in WWE. And I was just once, I was like, God, I wish wrestling could do like dumber shit like this. I wish wrestling was real this I, one time. I wish it was real this one time. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about the spots in this match. Ricochet going through the ladder. That was uh, dope as hell. The Logan Paul frog splash that doesn't break the ladder. The uh, uh, Logan Paul ricochet Shay. Spanish fly that almost kills Logan Paul. That almost kills Logan Paul that they've turned into an angle, I think, for SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, compliments again to Ricochet for seeing how wrong that move was about to go and correcting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a little less rotation, I think Logan Paul would be in a neck brace right now. Yeah, he'd be in the he'd be in the Joel Gertner neck brace for like twenty years, <laughs> basically. Uh, I think out of everybody in this match, thinking about it again, they really show Damian Priest as like a monster in this match. Like when you, look at, when you look at everybody in this match, though, the only people that didn't really get like a big spot for themselves were Escobar and Butch. Like they were just in the match. Mm-hmm. Ricochet and Logan got their table spot. L.A. Knight got his like big near the match finish hype. Uh, but Shinsuke, Butch and Santos were just kind of there mm-hmm. as filler. It's hard to because all three of them well i mean santos santos aside because i think he did some wild ladder match shit in nxt yeah him and him and bush did some ladder match stuff in this too yeah. but it was like very early and then just kind of forgotten yeah. about yeah, yeah well as far as like memorable memorable moments mm-hmm. um uh it's hard to do i don't think shinsuke really 
does ladder spots like no. that. Um, I don't think he's ever even going back to like New Japan. I don't think he's ever really done anything like that. No, he just kicks the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's it's kind of a an odd pick, but I mean, I get it as far as the um, this is where this is what you're. These are the people. This is the next class of like up and coming, and then yeah. you know, yeah, and this Logan is Paul thrown in. For- this is easily like this is gen. This is the new generation to whatever mm-hmm. uh, last generations people were like, yeah, this, is, this is a new generation of triple h's kids yeah we're moving yeah, away like, from the hogan again this is the the new bret hearts and the new stone colds are starting to like come in you're yeah. basically building your pool of um challenges for the world heavyweight championship you're building you're pretty much building a main event scene around those guys and uh yeah. I, to me it makes sense you know and also damian priest winning that ladder match winning the money in the bank ladder match uh it fuels the tension between him and finn balor moving forward so that's going to be a pretty good few weeks of storytelling on top of that as well. Yeah. Considering well, what I think one of the matches for WrestleMania or well, SummerSlam is going to be. And uh, I'm again, we brought it up. I'm really hoping they turn the right person in this feud. If it does turn into a Damian Priest Finn feud, but knowing their track record, I feel like they're going to turn the wrong person babyface. Oh, they always do. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, I I I, I think um. I think you want the faction to be heel and you want the person to be face. I think that's how you want to do that versus versus uh, the other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get and then you get Damian Priest winning uh, the ladder match and that comes back later in the card uh, during the Finn Seth match, which we'll talk about. But then we have our first like big throwaway match of the night, and that's the uh, women's tag titles. I think we talked about a lot about this on the previous attempt at recording. This women's tag division just is non-existent. These titles just should not exist. They should be a secondary title uh, of some kind. Even like a women's TV title would be better than this right now. Yep. Um, there was a uh, there was a tweet or a post or something um, where uh, Rhonda was like, "Hey, they cut our time three different times." Um, and I think that's just a theme for from now on. I I think they gave the time to the ladder matches in the main event, and then they cut everybody else's time. Yeah, and it so shows in, working with scraps. It shows in this match. This was just a TV match with a pay per view twist mm-hmm. at the end. Like yeah. that's what it felt like. Yeah, this division is just empty calories at this point. There's only yeah. one real tag team in this division, and that's Caden Carter and Katana Chance, who they just brought up from NXT. And, As uh, as evidenced by Monday when they did a tag team turmoil for women's matches and all of them were slapdash uh, tag teams, except for I'll, I'll give a shout out to the way that reformed for one night only. Um, yeah. You have the way you have uh, Sonia and Chelsea green, but like, but like when you look at the tag teams of this, like the top of the card is Raquel and Liv and Rhonda and Shayna, and one of that tag team is no longer. So right. I don't see any other tag team aside from Caden and Katana being an actual like threat to, you know, the thing to it. But even if you bring up all the NXT women tag, like even the NXT women's tag team, I think is kind of dead because they you took away a few. Them. Oh, they, they merged the titles. Okay. That's yeah. how little you knew about it. They merged the titles. Yeah, it, I was like, God, they don't have that many women's tag teams in NXT anymore since they took away nope. Katana and Kaden. So, 
Yeah, everything is just kind of slapped together here at this point. So it should really be, there's no there's, there's no real reason to care about the division right now. It should be a women's TV title where you give it to yeah. the workhorse of the women's division and you let them be on TV weekly. You know, storylines around that and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. But tag team is it's a dead concept at this point. I mean, yeah, just get just make it women's intercontinental title, women's United States championship. And that's it. Call it a day. Okay. I wouldn't even bother splitting the brands about it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's there's enough. Like one I don't think there's enough women in the division that you like. You can put the whole women's division on both shows. Like, you don't have to split it. There's legitimately like that little of a roster, it feels like. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's the reason why, you know, WWE's women's division is kind of suffering as a whole. Because mm-hmm. outside of maybe the four horse women, you know, well, not well, three now that Mercedes Monet is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of them, Bianca Belair, Raquel, Rhea, who else is there? You know, like that's about it. They, they just is not. There's just nothing. Yeah, I mean, Bliss hasn't that. been around. Like, it's like she just decided. Yeah, she just decided. I'm just gonna go pop out a kid, and I'll be back later. Yeah, you she's know, so. having a kid. Yeah, it's like Bliss isn't around, and I mean, a lot of your like potential future names are still in NXT, like Isla Fire or Able Dawn or whatever the two uh I'm, no, they got called up, but they, they, have, but they, they have not been on TV. They lost the title, so I was gonna say they lost the titles is the last time they were on TV. Welcome to the main roster. Yep. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's kind of a dead tag team division and these belts probably should just be retired at this point. My notes were literally meh. And then the turn, and then I commented on the turn at the end. I got just, like six sentences, and it's just what happened in the match. Like yep. <laughs> that's how short yep. of a, that's how nothing of a match this was. Because mid match, you have Shayna turning on Ronda, and then Ronda left a two v one, and you know, I mean, it's that was like, unique at least. Yeah, it was. Uh, but after that turn, it's like okay, well, back on back on Liv Morgan. Yeah. So, all right, then we get the IC title match. Um, Gunther and Riddle, and you're right, there is a lot of history here. They have wrestled each other a lot. Uh, outside of WWE, this is the third match between them uh, over the last, like, what, six years? Six or so odd years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. their first match was 2017 when Bray Wyatt was a WWE champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dean Ambrose was the Intercontinental Champion. If you blink, uh, you missed that also. Yeah, if you went to the bathroom during this match, you missed the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This match, uh, the story was Riddle's ankle was fucked up, and there was a funny spot of them slapping Riddle's ankle with chops, which I thought was pretty funny. But, I thought uh, that was hilarious. That still looks super painful. But submission hold on the ankle, and Gunther wins. The big thing about this match was the post-match, where Drew McIntyre returns, uh, lays out Gunther, and holds up the IC title, which means we're getting a new IC feud. Uh to a degree, and if it's anything like these guys' match with Sheamus and everything, this feud's gonna hit hard, and it's gonna be fucking great. White literally hit hard. Like, sure, absolutely. It's yeah. gonna slap They're going it. to slap the shit out of each other, because yeah. that's what I expect between any kind of match between Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. It is going to be just them slapping the hell out of each other as hard as they can. Yeah, big meaty men slapping meat. Big meaty men slapping meat. This is this is European wrestling. Like there, this is just their hard hitting style. style. 
Yeah, European strong it's style. It's not just it's not just a slogan. They actually slap the crap out of each other. Yeah, it's great, and I can't wait to see this feud. Mm-hmm. This uh, is gonna be a good SummerSlam match. Then we get the Dom and Cody match, which is a TV match that got promoted to a pay per view match. I don't understand why you have Cody going from Brock to Dom, or even Cody want, from. I also want to say that. Uh, when we say it was a TV match promoted to a pay-per-view match, we don't have any insider knowledge. We ju- we're just like going off of how TV quality the match was. The way that this is booked, the way that Rhea tries to get involved, how long this match goes, mm-hmm. this is a raw match that they put in as filler. This is the yep. filler arc of this pay-per-view. <laughs> yes, this is. It is. This is the, uh, oh, hi. Did you know Cody Rhodes was on, on the main roster? Here he is. And there he goes. Yeah. And I mean, I good, mean, on, I mean good on Dom for getting a pay-per-view match, but at the same time, I, I had nothing for this match. All right. Yeah. It was just like, what, seven, eight minutes of just Dom's antics running all over, um, with him running all over the place. Yeah. And it, that was it. Yeah. It's Dom running around trying to escape, Rhea getting involved. Uh, he looks smart, though, after the first time where he just focuses on Dom and doesn't let Rhea get to him. It's a crossroad. It's one crossroads, uh, and that's the win. But again, the note that I made for myself here is: this man went three zero against Rollins, and Rollins is currently the one with the world heavyweight title. Yep. So I'm just like, he doesn't want the world heavyweight. He wants the WWE. But you could like give him something. No, <laughs> he doesn't. Do he doesn't want Cody it. to get. Just do something with Cody to get him back on track. It it's better because I think it better end at WrestleMania 40. Like the it, story. It's this better fucking end in pittsburgh <laughs> it's, just, it's it's the same thing i think they're in philly it's the same thing um with uh where how cody was in aew where he's like i don't want to win the world championship even though he could have been a world cha- contender he was like i'm too close to the board the board here or i'm you know i'm an evp i don't want to i don't want to have the world title i guess but like what the fuck, man? You have this guy feuding with Rollins. You have him feuding with Reigns. You have him feuding with Lesnar. And you're like, let's throw him against Dom on a pay-per-view. Just mm-hmm. because Brock Lesnar wasn't available. And I'm you like, know. there's That's exactly what it was. I'm just like, there's literally nobody else back in there. You could have put in this fucking match. <laughs> like, you couldn't have put anybody else in this position. Compared to the... Um... Compared to the matches, uh, if you recall, when we reviewed the 1991 Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, where there was a bunch of nothing matches in there to fill time because uh, they had to make up for Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, oh, yeah. Or Macho Man going to be knocking the shit himself. out of Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, compared to that, like, you know, there's a reason for those like filler matches where people can like, hey, YouTube, get in the ring. Have a match. Yeah, uh, with the Seth and Finn match, that felt like the big boss man match in terms of, okay, mm-hmm. there's some action, but it's still going to go on just long enough. This match felt like the fucking Coco Beware match. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this felt well, like the Coco Beware and the Mountie match that was so yeah. forgettable in that 1991 pay-per-view. The, the, the best thing about that match was Jimmy Hart yelling at, the, at, the, at the macaw. The most memorable part of that match was him yelling at a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. It's just, Uh, God, I'm like, get Cody back on fucking track and just end this storyline at WrestleMania, please. Like, what they they should do with him after SummerSlam 
It's just do Cody Brock three, have him win over Brock, and then we just move on for Brock. Put Cody in some more meaningful feuds. Okay, go, get go back to Alaska, somebody. Brock. Go be with your hot wife. And I like just get it. Let's do something with Cody to get him back on track. Because if you're gonna have him in the main event of WrestleMania 40, now would be the time to start building him up. You know, mm-hmm. after summer. Yeah. You know, where you could start making him a more credible opponent to Reigns again. Yeah, so because he's getting the wins in these matches, but they like unless he's against Brock, it doesn't really mean anything because yeah. yeah. he's going against the the sh- the the coward heel. Like no one cares. Yeah, like, it's doing nothing for him right now. Mm-hmm. It's doing absolutely nothing, and and I really feel like the crowd is just starting to cool off from Cody. Okay, even though they're still doing the whole whoa, you know, and ultimately and, it's going to cool off if they keep going with this, uh, going with him in this direction like this. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's not going to be hotter than he was the night he went against Roman at WrestleMania. Like, yeah. even the win at 40 is going to feel so subpar to it because by that time, who knows how many matches Roman would have lost and have how many members of the Bloodline would have finally left. You know, like, is it just, is it just going to be Roman versus Cody? It's not going to be Solo in his corner or anything? It's going to be like, oh, look, Roman has, like, lost all of his power by the time Cody beats him. And it's like, I think okay. The story line, I think the storyline that they're going for is that, like, Roman's still a completely credible threat un- up until something pivotal happens down that line. Yeah. Towards WrestleMania where, um, like, Solo leaves and then he, all he's got is, is Heyman. WrestleMania's in Philly. Heyman leaves yeah. as the last middle finger to Roman, and then Cody wins. It's just like that lack of impact, though. It's like, okay, he beat Roman at Roman's lowest in years. Yeah. Big win there, Cody. Like, it's, I just want him to get back on track, and I just want this Roman stuff to be over. Like, there's a nice mm-hmm. little twist now since the Usos are gone, but like, bro, I'm just so tired of Roman. Yeah, I'm just so tired of Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, I really fucking am, bro. I just want to get off the ride. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Roman Express never ends. Oh, just go to Hollywood, man. Like, that's not what you want to do. That's what Rollins is setting up to yeah. do. He's like, "Fuck this, I'm going to Hollywood." He's in Captain America. He is in Captain America. The new one. The yep. the new one that's coming out uh, in next March. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, he's playing one of the Serpent Society. Uh, then we... So after that, nothing of a match. We have the uh, Grayson Waller and John Cena a little promo, and that's Cena trying to hype up the crowd to get WrestleMania to London because apparently they I feel like they can, they can sell that place out now since the other company can. Hey, so, they made... Hey, wait, they made, like, what, $10 million? We can make eleven. Yeah, so you know what I mean. So that's pretty much all that was. Yeah, it's a little back and forth. Uh, and then he hits Grayson uh, with an attitude adjustment, and that's it. It's a kind of a one-off. They said it's a one-off. He's not being set up for a program or anything with Grayson Waller. Yeah, just a nice little here's John Cena for the crowd, and here's a nice little WWE pulling a Bethesda and announcing something years in advance before they even have a plan to do an announcement of an, of an announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my thing with this is uh, I've seen the reports that yeah. it is very possible that WWE hosting WrestleMania at London has hit the London Parliament. 
Yes, uh, London Parliament is talking about it because they do realize yeah. like that could be a lot of income, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of you know tourism and stuff like that. So, so it is a big event. I will give it to that. Like WWE is a known brand. Mm. It is a known quantity. Uh, if there's a stadium crowd as hyped as this one for a major pay per view, it's going to be electric. You know, I'd love to see it. Uh, but we'll see. I guess. Uh, it's so whatever goes on next year, because I don't think they've announced yeah. next year's mm, yeah, location I think they've yet. Been, I think they've been waiting. I do feel like there has to be a lot of planning, though, so I don't know if they have the time to schedule a WrestleMania in London and then announce it by WrestleMania of this year. So That's usually what they do, right? Like, during the WrestleMania, during they'll, WrestleMania they'll announce it. They'll announce what next year's yeah. WrestleMania is. So. But, I mean, but this, they, like I said... I think this event's maybe two or three years off from now. Yeah, you this know, is a, it's going to be well after AEW. We're coming business. eventually. Yeah, that's what it. Uh, they're probably going to say we are coming to London eventually. You know, when you go to a, like a, a concert or whatever, and towards the end they're like, "Hey guys, we'll be back eventually." Yeah, yeah. that's that's what this energy was. Yeah. Uh. So. <laughs> After the uh, crowd hype there from John Cena, we get the women's ladder match, which had a good they moments. Got, they got time they got to the do right person to they win. They got the right winner. They had some time to do some stuff. Uh, EO Sky gets the money in the bank after handcuffing Bailey to Becky in a very dangerous uh, or potentially dangerous spot if that ladder had fallen. Yeah, that but, would have been at least a dislocated shoulder. At least a dislocated kind of shoulder. But it was a funny visual also. So. It was a very was, good yeah. finish to this match. It was very it was a very Wiley Coyote. Because we brought up in the last time we talked about this, uh, they set up those handcuffs not for that finish, but for Zoe Stark and Trish Addis to try to beat the shit out of Becky. And Becky wrestled the match after escaping from them with that handcuff on. So it was always present. If I remember correctly, at one point during that match, she fish hooked Bailey with the handcuffs down the ladder. Which I think I she did. Was pretty funny. Yeah, she did. It was just pretty funny. Yeah, she she hooked her uh, cheek with the the handcuff, which was pretty funny to see. Uh, some moments in this match that I kind of liked at the beginning of the match when everybody's fighting outside the ring, they have like Selena trapped under a ladder. She's not getting involved in the fight while everybody else is. She's like pinned to the ground by a ladder. Yeah, that was uh, funny. Zelina was great in this match. Zelina mm -hmm. was great. She hit a very good power bomb onto Zoe Starks onto the ladder with that little like uh, live that little Liv Morgan style like sunset flip from the ladder that they do. I think Zelina's yeah. done it twice in previous ladder matches. In as many ladder matches, yeah. Yeah. Um, Becky having some Phoenix gear was a really nice take on things. I just love. I, I I can't wait for Seth to have you know the movie comes out and he just comes out dripped out he he just comes out in the outfit from the movie yeah I was gonna say like when I saw Becky come out in Phoenix gear I'm like oh please tell me Seth shows up in like Cyclops gear or something <laughs> to like right. his like that would That'd been, be funny that would have been sweet um you got Zelina kind of looking like a uh, all Jerry colors again mm -hmm. he seems to have like a color pattern going on with all of her outfits now. Uh, yeah, this was also a very good showcase for Zoe Starks, uh, you know, a recent NXT call up kind of acting like the enforcer to Trish, which I think is a very good role for her. She has, she has the physique and the charisma. She definitely to, has the physique for it, the physique and charisma to kind of be like the enforcer type. 
mm-hmm. in the women's division. And she's not a bad wrestler either. Uh, no, from, pretty good. from the stuff that I've seen in NXT from her. I think having I think having Trish there as like her her mentor figure uh, is is a smart decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the big thing is EO Sky wins, which all of us, the all correct of every, person. it's the fallout thing popping up. Everybody like that. <laughs> Everybody like that. Because <laughs> uh, uh, there was a time where I'm like, God damn it, they're going to put it back on fucking Bailey or Becky, aren't they? And then no handcuff spot, and I'm seeing EO climb up, and I'm like, they're actually doing it. They listen to the Puerto Rico crowd. Yeah, like I think a lot, a majority of match was just them pushing the current storylines between these women. You know, with the whole Becky, Trish, Zoe, Bailey, and EO, and uh, Zelina just there, just doing her thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, just it, it was a decent match for what it was. But uh, they definitely picked the right winner in EO Sky because uh, I'm so looking forward to her and Oscar just eventually clashing. Yeah, that's really what I want. Really good match. Like we said, just give us a full stardom style, just like them beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I want it to be as stardom as stardom gets, but in WWE. Uh, then we get the world heavyweight title match. Uh, Finn uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Uh, I made a note here. I made a note here. I forgot about Uh, with all the traveling that they do. How the hell does Finn keep this physique? Like. he makes uh he makes gym time every time yeah, like it's it the works. same way it's the same way that Seamus can run a youtube show where he's like you know going to the gym with his with with people who work there it, it's so um, funny because you look at it's called look, calorie deficit that's probably what he's eating he's also right now he's also hella in deficit right now yeah he's you like look at when gunther came back he had like this shredded physique mm-hmm. and everything and then like as you watch his like more recent matches he's starting to lose like the muscle He's starting to like definition. Yeah. And I'm like allowing himself to have calories again. Yeah. But like Finn was coming out. I was like, God, this guy doesn't sleep. He just hits the gym and then comes and wrestle and then hits the gym and comes and wrestles. Like I. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like he's if if he can just the fact that he can make that schedule to do that like that intensely is also just Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think he's lost his physique in the amount of time he's been in WWE. He's been the same since he's got here. Yeah. Which is impressive. He's always been ripped. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's always been ripped. He's a very good looking man. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, the story of this match is Rollins has some injured ribs, so there's a lot of focus on the ribs. Uh, the stomp, if he hits it, is probably going to be, you know, the dedicated finish to this match, considering. Mm-hmm. But mid match, Damian Priest arrives. And it causes some tension. It causes some confusion from Finn, because as he goes up, uh, to the turnbuckle to try to try to coup de gras. Uh, Damien stands up as if he's about to cash in, and that leads to mm-hmm. some miscommunication. And then Rollins gets out of the way, hits the stomp, gets the pin. Uh, Priest does not cash in on this match, and then there is some tension between him and Balor. Furthering that story right off the bat, like not even waiting, night they're like, you know, right into it. Let's start this right now. Yeah. Because I think before, you know, there was some tension between Finn and Balor, but between Finn and uh, Damian Priest, but I guess they were kind of making up. But now that Priest has won money in the bank, this is just going to intensify that tension even more until it hits a boiling point. Yeah, because if Finn wins the title, he has a target on his back still, even if it's somebody in his own own faction. Uh, I mean, these guys are always going to put on a good match, even if they're not given a lot of time. But And again, it felt like a very TV match. Everybody hit their signatures, you know, their regular moves, and 
we got a distraction finish. Well, not a distraction finish, but uh, like a hesitation finish from Finn trying to hit the stomps. Yeah. Because there's a drama in the Judgment Day. Drama. Drama. Then we get to the uh, match that we all loved. This match, if this was what they took away time for to put into this, the Bloodline Civil War match definitely lived up to hype in some ways. Uh, and again, the running pattern of this pay-per-view, the right person won. And the right, per- the right, the right team won, but the right person on that team also uh, won, which was very good. Uh, we start off with a hell of a hype package detailing the whole story, even back from the pandemic days. Yep. Pretty much telling the entire story of Jay and Roman's history. Uh, the Usos, hell of a reception from the crowd. This crowd was on fire. Uh, the match quality, though, could not live up to it. I'm going to disagree with that, actually. So do I. Well, no, I, and, I thought... and most of the, a lot of the other matches. Like, even if the oh. crowd was hot during them, oh. um, they were still kind of... I was going to say, this match, match was... This, this match was, was hype. This was a great storytelling. This was a great fucking match. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a great match. It was good storytelling. It was, you know, action-packed. Um, rested when they needed to rest. Uh, the They had the callbacks to when uh, Roman low-blowed uh, Jay, and then Jay getting a revenge on, on that. Yeah. Great use to Easter eggs for these guys, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you just... Good. Oh, and then there was, and then there's Solo Sokoa, who was just phenomenal in this match, also. And uh, mm-hmm. there's one moment I think you're gonna get into shortly, but um, uh, where it just seems like he just loses all respect for Roman. Yes, gives him a pep talk. Yeah. So Paul we... Heyman was fantastic in this, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, crowds uh, early in the match, the crowd starts chanting something insulting to Roman, and you see Jimmy visit- visibly breaking character. <laughs> laughing at it i love how these bloodline stories it's just the usos trying so hard to not not break whether whether it be sammy or the crowd but it's just they they cannot stay in character to save their life no they cannot uh the first hint of tension here from roman's side of things is him demanding a tag in uh early in the match and solo really hesitating to tag in roman yeah uh Definitely carrying on the theme of like gaslighting, abuse, everything that they built up with Roman when it comes to the Usos. Uh, again, they're right. Solo is their brother, not Roman's. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that starts to play out. You're right. They do rest uh, in this match when they need to. Solo does his nice little pressure point hold, mm-hmm. which gives them enough time to collect uh, themselves because this match went on for like half hour. I think. Yeah. I went, 30, 30, went on for, for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I like about uh, storylines involving siblings is that no one ever questions why the siblings are fighting each other because everyone knows siblings fight. That's yeah. just a thing they do. Um, even Jimmy and Jay said their dream match uh, was WrestleMania, them two against each other. Yeah. It was them two against each other, which would have been. Uh, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that chemistry and everything play out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a funny moment with Paul Heyman consoling uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, he wants him to sit at his table. 
He yeah, wants your kids to sit on his table. Telling Roman that uh, Jay wants Roman's kids to sit at his table, not Roman's, and that got mm-hmm. Roman fired up and back into the ring. Yeah. Then we get our usual breakdown of Uso matches, a lot of tag team stuff, a lot of Superman punches, double uh, super kicks, spears. And don't forget that all... Oh, and don't forget that ref bump, because there's always one in every one of these matches. Yeah, there is a ref bump uh, where then Jay gets a visual pin, even though nobody's counting, so that's cool. He tries to do his double stack pin, uh, the callback. Uh, both of the Usos kick out. Roman's flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite thing is Solo putting himself through the table. Like they have uh, the Uso, Uso on the table. Solo goes up, gets out of the way, and Solo just full sends himself into the table, which is really funny. <laughs> that was funny. Full send. I want to say that's probably Solo's uh, contribution that he's like, I'm just going to put myself through a table. Um, that was great. We get the pin on Jay. We get the two. Jay kicks out and does the low blow that Roman did to him. Mm-hmm. And that sets up for the finish here where the Usos do their super kicks to both of them. And then we get the splash from Jay. And Jay gives Roman his first pinfall loss in three years. And like I said, best, the right person on the team won. The right person on the team won. The right person ate the pin, crucially. The right person and ate the pin. It had to be Jay and Roman. And Middle. Jay ends another streak from Roman. Yeah. Yep. And just great storytelling throughout this match. Great callbacks. Yep. Great, you know, displays of ego. It's like, I'm, I can pin both of them again. You I know, get like, the sense. I get the sense from this match that um, this is a match where the wrestlers like booked not they didn't necessarily book themselves but they um they, they were able they had control over who did what in the match i would say if anything, like a producer i would say if anything this was probably them and paul Heyman. yeah uh, for sure putting this match together not trips or any of his guys i think this was the bloodline and paul Heyman being allowed to sit down and put this match together I think it's one of those things where it's like uh, they'll they'll give it to Triple H for approval, but Triple H knows that the the four of them uh, and Paul Heyman can can you know call a match and just like all right yeah it's cool whatever yeah, yeah he trusts him he trusts him completely yeah so it's like yeah you know I'm just gonna let you guys go yeah come up with something and, I'll just approve it and that pin the crowd just went fucking nuts like it's almost. A good thing that all the other matches leading up to this, except for you know the two ladder matches, were like meh, because that makes this you this, have to have the, the energy. Of this, yeah, the energy had to be there for this match. If they, if Seth and Finn had put on like a thirty-minute banger before this, I think this match would have suffered. No, so they're like, no, that's, we're giving. That's not saying the match was bad, just like it wasn't. It wasn't to this quality. Like, um, it was like a, it was like a, it was a decent match. Yeah, this match was. This match was great. This match was much better, yeah. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes tonight, because now Roman Reigns is on the, trial. The trial of the Tribal Chief. Yeah, and I, I just got a feeling that this might be the start of the beginning of the end of the Bloodline storyline. Yeah, for sure. It's been a long three and a half years that we've all sat through this, and going back to the pandemic. And I ain't gonna lie, like, it had a lot of great, it had a lot of great moments. And, um... If this is the beginning of the end, this is one of the greatest storylines that WWE has put on in the last two decades. 
Yeah. I mean, this is going all I the would, way back to I would, attitude there. I would Austin literally say, I would actually go further and say best ever. I, yeah. It's up there. Yeah. They didn't have a lot of, I think even back in the attitude era, they didn't have a lot of like long running storylines. They just had a lot of constant rivalries. Uh, you'd always get Stone Cold and The Rock or Stone Cold and Triple H. But it was never the like a, the corporation. a ministry of corporation. It was never a long storyline. It was just changes to a long running like rivalry from time to time. Right. Uh, it varied like this was in terms of storyline. Like even like staying in the NWO wasn't really a storyline. It was just the norm. Which like Stone Cold yeah. versus Vince McMahon Sting. was the norm. Okay. Sting and the NWO was like a will he won't he situation for like yeah. two years, yeah. as yeah. I recall. And then he did, and it kind of just everything became the NWO in different factions. Uh, but it did have an influence because we got the LWO back. So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a story. Like Stone Cold and Vince is a rivalry. Uh, Candid Undertaker is a rivalry. Uh, ev- uh, I think probably the closest thing, it's like a long, a good long story would be evolution. Would be evolution, and it's like downfall uh, mm-hmm. from them turning on Randy and then Batista turning on Trips. But yeah, I can't think of another storyline in recent years that has been, you know, like this. Yeah, I don't even because that didn't even last that long. That was like. Uh, what was that? Orton winning. That was like Orton winning the world title, and then they he does a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, and then, and then the, and, but that was like like that comparatively. Yeah, and I mean, even when the Shield first showed up, it wasn't a storyline. It was just them being there. Here I they, am. We're gonna beat the shit out of people. Yeah, they were part of the norm. They weren't a storyline. Uh, the Nexus. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, those weren't stories. They were just here's our shaking up of the current landscape. So and, and so, I guess what y'all are trying to say is this is pretty much a sort of new territory for WWE in terms yeah, of storytelling. Story in terms of storytelling, yeah. this is the strongest WWE has ever done. Yeah, I would like, say I would say even Kenny Omega's like year and a half reign of doom is also like doesn't compare to this as far yeah. as uh, and that consistent really, storyline. That was a really good build up with with Hangman Page as well. You know, it kind was of wrapping up their little two year storyline yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the closest thing that we'd have to like a story in AEW right now, or like not like a feud based storyline, but an actual story that has gone on for years is the Dark Order and Hangman story of is he their friend? Is he with them or not? You know, and now it seems like they're starting to turn on him. But it's never been like a constant focus. It's always been this thing that has always existed in AEW's landscape. It's just been the status quo of Hangman and the Dark Order have always had this connection. I think so, the problem is that they're all like lower carders and kind of effectively riding a Hangman's coattails at times. I feel they suffered a lot because of Brody Lee passing. Uh, it, I feel like if Brody Lee hasn't hadn't passed, they'd still be in like the upper mid card if not like the main event picture, like they'd be a, a more relevant faction. I think they just really got the short end of it with how life, you know, proceeded. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was a few good matches and then mostly a nothing pay-per-view. Uh, but I think the matches that where it counted, the right people won. Damian yeah. Priest, Eo Sky, and then Jey Uso. 
Um, and I think the I think the media scrum after kind of sums up. I think the direction WWE is taking a lot of their superstars uh, is the it's the wait and see approach, um, as as said by Triple H. And I know that's hard to do when we've been so conditioned to like the next premium live event. That's where the storyline is going to conclude. That's not just that's just not how it is anymore. Um, And because it's on a subscription service now, I don't I'm not like back in the day when this was like 60 bucks for a pay-per-view or 50, 60 bucks, I would have been like pissed. I would have been like, this is easily not worth your money. But yeah. like, eh, nine bucks, whatever. This is, this is, I'd say this is worth nine bucks. Barely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like that's it with like AEW's pay-per-views also. It's like when you get to one of their four pay-per-views a year with the exception of mm-hmm. like Forbidden Door and everything, which are just, like we said, just exhibition matches for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, is there going to be a title reign? Like it's or a title change. Like it, it's it feels like a must see because you've been given months of build up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they feel like season finales almost in AEW's case. Yeah, and they and they, they always get... are. They always are. Like the event happens, and then you get a whole new like landscape of who who's on TV. It's so, it, it's effectively new season. You know, I am and, loving uh, this uh, Adam Cole yeah. MJF tag team though. I don't know if you guys saw the stuff that came out yeah, of. Uh, I saw it. I, 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 it's it's hilarious. They're it tr- is hilarious. MJF is acting like the most doofus baby face, and it's so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Just the birthday bash. He's in the hat. He's singing "Happy Birthday" to Adam Cole. When all the birthday streamers come down, X. I don't know if you noticed it, but none of them went to Adam Cole. They all landed on MJF. <laughs> Yeah, they did because so, they were all piled up in the corner. <laughs> yeah, they were all piled up in one corner, just covering MJF like all the streamers meant for Adam Cole's like, birthday. This was so stupid, it was great, and I loved it every single second of that. It's catch up then. Oh, it's so funny, and this whole blind uh, tag team thing that they have going on. In terms of what they've been doing, it doesn't make sense, but it's it has led to some funny moments. Like it's kind uh, of stupid, actually. Like it, uh, really, it like, is. I, I laughed though when Daddy Magic and the Butcher got put on a team, and he's like, "Us, we're Magic Meat." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was yes. like, I was like, "What the God? I fucking love Daddy Magic. <laughs> he's such a Daddy Magic is fucking hilarious. That yeah. guy is a two point is a is a great comedy tag team, and it's like it's still so funny." They were squandered in WWE for sure. Magic Meat, Jesus. Christ. They had the great uh match with. Swerve, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, and Darby, where Keith uh-huh. Lee was finally allowed to shine. And goddamn, he still looks so good in the ring. Like a him walking Swerve out with Darby in like the suplex, like out from the corner to power bomb him. I'm like, that strength is absurd. He's Keith a, Lee's he's a large man. They are children to him. Yeah. That was the thing. Uh Darby tried to do was like jump off the rope like uh mini coffin drop to Keith and Keith just stood there as Darby bounced off of him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, I love this. Uh, but yeah. And this thing is like, I think you can do this when you're not on, when you're kind of on the road to a pay-per-view, like have these weird gimmick things of like random tag teams, I think setting up to take on FTR. They are still mm-hmm. the tag team, right? They just haven't been on. Yes. I don't yeah. watch a collision, so could be they sure. Have a tag team title match on collision, I believe. This collision, yeah, they're going against Bullet Club Gold, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like all of these are building up to be like their next, uh, 
not rivals, probably not at all in, but probably to be like, oh, look, we're fill our feud for the next thing while we build up another team to go against them. Or, hey, this random tag team will serve as like the uh, the catalyst for them finding another tag team to come up against them. We were just saying how the WWE is kind of weird for doing that at pay-per-views, but it, I think it's perfectly fine for doing it at, at a weekly TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where especially if they take the person down and in the same in the same breath after the promo, are like, well, who's next? Who's gonna fight me next? Who's next? You know, yeah. something like that. I think that's uh, fine on a TV. Now, while I don't, no, while I don't like the idea of a blind tag team format, if we can somehow keep getting matches like this, I'm okay with it, honestly, because. We know they're just trying to find some challenges for FTR, and I'm pretty certain that's going to either take place at some kind of, I guess, on an episode of Collision or wherever they decide to put them on. But I don't know, man. I like so far it hasn't been bad, as bad as I thought this was going to be. There's been some weirdly okay. good chemistry on yeah. some of these uh, wrestlers. Um, but yeah, it and definitely feels like a. Uh, it definitely feels like, like oh, hey, look, we are setting up FTR and Bullet Club. For like our next pay-per-view it's, like title match it's because it's not actually blind guys they they they're, they know they're tagging yeah i mean they know they're um, tagging so they know they, they know they're tagging um but well you still like, see people that you like you don't expect to be in the same ring together yeah that that's a that's a remarkable thing about it i i, I don't like the premise of like this rent ra- this random group can be the next tag team uh, contenders because right. it's that's what we're talking about right now with with the women's thing in wwe yeah it definitely feels like FDR and Bullet Club Gold, though, will be like the big pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just find it sad that like Ricky Stark's been kind of pushed out of his own story in favor of FDR and Bullet Club now. It was like, oh, the Bullet Club's jim- jumping Ricky Starks, and now FDR is taking on Bullet Club. So unless Bullet Club bringing in a third person, I don't think Ricky Starks is really going to stick around with FTR for a while. Yeah. It's unfortunate, um, but what can you do? Yeah, what gets me is uh, in terms of their trios titles, uh, Malachi has requested that he strictly be on Collision, which yeah. is interesting now because it's like okay, is Collision gonna be like the trios show at this point too, like to keep them relevant or? I don't know. Malachi strikes me as because oh. remember when we when the first episode of Collision hit, I was the first thing I said was like. Well, that's where all the shit stirrers went. They had CM Punk on the card. You had FTR on the card. Yeah. Um, all I was missing was really MJF and the Elite. But, you know, they're going to be on Dynamite for obvious reasons. Yeah. I think Malachi wants House of Black to be seen, you know, prominently on Collision. And that's mm-hmm. probably why he requested to be on there. Yeah. What it means for the trio's titles, though, I'm not sure. Because I'm not quite sure what they're going to do about that. I'm just wondering who the next... They lose those. Yeah, I'm just wondering who the next like challengers are because they've kind of blown through everybody. At this point, yeah. So I don't know. They go out yeah. and have to slap a team together for them to face. I mean, I can probably see them going against you know if they move the Ring of Honor guys in, maybe Gates of Agony. That'd be a good one. Yeah, uh, they can go against the best friends for the billionth time. Yeah, they have that. What I think might be happening is we might be waiting for Pack to come back. Uh, for death triangle to get it back on death triangle Ooh. uh yeah is he, is i, I don't want it like to be issues right now i think he's just uh, taking time to wrestle in england oh okay uh rather than travel to the u.s with like visa stuff and all that mm-hmm. yeah uh 
but yeah, it's like I'm one thing about like the trios division. And it's like, you know, aside from some new guys, you know, like the team of uh, Darius Martin, AR Fox and Action Andretti. And then you have your Ring of Honor six man uh, tag teams like uh, Brian Cage Ooh. and the Gates of Agony and Dalton Castle and the boys. You know, I don't really see a lot of AEW's like trios guys taking the titles off of House of Black. Unless Man, you move speaking of speaking of teams, speaking of people who like fell off the face of a cliff, action and dreading man, he was so hot winning against Chris Jericho, and then they kind of did nothing. Yeah, I think that might be another case of Dante uh, Darius or yeah Dante got injured, so it's like we need to keep their trios together because it was Top Flight and AR Fox together. So it's like all right, mm-hmm. action dreading, you're gonna fill the spot until. Dante comes back and then we'll whatever. I think it's just kind of people being put into positions that need to be filled instead of being kept in their own thing. And I think that's pretty much the purpose of Action Andretti right now. He's just pretty much being the placeholder for uh, Dante Martin, you know, until he gets back. And then they might do something with him after that. I'm not sure. Though. I mean, th- these guys are still young, too, so it's not like they're going to instantly shove them into, you know, world title pictures and all that. I think they're just trying to keep them somewhat relevant uh, for you know the future and everything, and uh, I think those three are currently just primarily on Ring of Honor right now mm-hmm. too. So I want more Dalton Castle though. I saw the guy once on pay per view, and I just need more of him in my life. Dalton Castle really good. on pay per view. Dalton He's Castle and a... the boys is so great. <laughs> I've seen them live. Uh, it's such a good act live. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was gonna like it at first, um, but like. First off, that that outfit he wears, the ring is like very slimming. So it's very it's like discordant when he like takes it off and he's like a very he's like up a size, which is yeah. great. Like he's got a good he's got a good look, but it's like it's very it's like it's very weird to see that where it just and he's like a different size now. Yeah, I just love the character work, too. Like, he's so mm. ridiculous. Uh, I do like how they finally split people into Ring of Honor and. AW though, and there's not a lot of crossover anymore. Mm. There's still some. I mean, Claudio still is Ring of Honor champion, but it's not really mentioned anymore on AW. So yeah, he's it's just like it's on AEW, like the, he's just pretty much a BCC member. Yeah, it's the Kenny mm. thing where it's like, hey, I'm Kenny Omega on AW, and I'm the best bout machine in New Japan. In New Japan, yeah. And Claudio's like very different Kennys. And Claudio's like, I'm part of the BCC on AW, and then I'm just Claudio in Ring of Honor. <laughs> so, I do like a, that being a thing, but mm. it's interesting. Like, even, I mean, they're still a young company, four years, so I'm excited to see, you know, where the next four are and where all these young guys are by then. You know, are Top Flight going to stay with AW when their contract runs out, or are they going to be pulled into NXT? You know, it's interesting to see where these guys who still have decades ahead of them uh, end up when the contracts start to, you know, come to a, to come to a close. Kanosuke's going to climb Mount Everest next year, and uh, I'm a little concerned about that. Kanosuke is going to be in a fucking bidding war. Everybody's going to want this motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. He's, I, going, he's a stud. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on WWE's radar right now because uh, he is for sure. No be, there, I, I guarantee they got an eye on him, especially Triple H. WWE will pick up everybody to ensure nobody else has them. Bandito yeah. had one TV match in the U.S. and WWE was calling him for a contract. Like, yep. Why, why like, do you think uh, 
And the thing is, why do you think the Brits over the, um over there they complain about how you know NXT destroyed British wrestling? Because Triple H was just scooping those guys left and right. Yep. There can't be a competition if you have all the competition. <laughs> yeah. But it's I mean Kanosuke, even though he was like the ace of DDT for a while, like he was there like shining star in that promotion. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if New Japan like offers him a contract. Oh, they probably you know, have like, already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this guy no strong style. This guy knocked the fuck out of Tamahiro Ishii. <laughs> yeah, like, um, just, I've never seen Ishii get collapsed like that. He sold that. That man folded. I wouldn't be surprised if he shoot KO'd him just because Tamahiro told him to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would not be surprised. Tamahiro's like, no, like, actually hit me. It's like I want sl- you it- to hit me, and Kenosuke's like, okay. <laughs> and it was a small slow in that pay per view after that happened. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like. It, it, it kind of slowed down for like a good five minutes after he just yeah, because they're like, oh, fuck, uh, Tomohiro is supposed, supposed to be in the ring right now. I think we have to improvise. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, uh, I don't think he was meant to actually knock his ass out like that. <laughs> like, did I you mean, did you guys see a macho like, man? Dude. He really did. Um, did you ever do you guys ever see that interview with uh, Chris Van Villay where he interviewed um, Ken Shamrock? You know where where the Rock whacked him over the head with the chair, uh, and he's like he's like, if you don't hit if you don't hit me, I'm not gonna sell it. And the Rock's like, oh, I'll hit you. And then he just like whams like clocks him. He and in that moment, you can see where he's like, Rock. and you can see in that moment where he's like pointing like this, like yeah, do it, like yeah. And you can see where he just like gets knocked out. Yeah, it uh, uh it's probably something like that. I think that's what happened too in New Japan during the uh, Mox Osprey match the first time they took on each other, mm-hmm. uh, where Osprey debuted uh, the Hidden Blade like elbow that he does. Mm-hmm. I think he shoot KO'd Moxley because that was the finish of the match. So I don't think Moxley knew it was coming, and Osprey just fucking nails him with an elbow. <laughs> and it's like somebody pointed a comment. It's like this is the moment where he shoot KO'd him. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, we're just going to call that getting Macho Man from now on. <laughs> After I'm that with it. Oh, God. If, <laughs> if you haven't watched the episode for the 91 Royal Rumble, watch just the match of Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter and just watch how hard Macho Man puts his whole ass into that swing. <laughs> Full hips, rotation, and everything. That match that had good- 10 minutes to go. And it had to end there because Macho Man put his lights out. <laughs> like, put a considerable amount of elbow grease into that shot. <laughs> it, you could hear like the just the sound of the impact too. You sick. know, you know that he was like, "Oh, yep, that's just shoot clocking him with his scepter." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So that's about it, guys. That wasn't wrestling's much. In a, wrestling's in a pretty good place, even though it is in a great fucking place great. right now. And I mean, even Impact is doing well right now, even though they're not being watched. Like they've constantly had good wrestling even and good stories. Like Man, people just aren't watching Impact. And I it's, really just wish Impact was more visible. You know, if they were on another channel, you know, other than yeah. Access, it would be great. They have a great women's division. Like they probably have one of the best women's divisions right now. I have, I have a channel here at my girlfriend's that if you if you click on it because it has they have like a weird tv guide for smart tvs yeah one of them just plays old impact shows uh and i've watched them every now and again but uh, i'll like i'll like fall asleep watching it and wake up and look again and it's like that's a that's the same show i just watched 
Because <laughs> it's like it's like Final Destination 2016 or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, wrestling's in a great fucking place right now. Mm-hmm. And I agree. As long as you know talent keeps showing up in lower promotions, like they're going to keep catching the eyes of these bigger promotions. And I mean, this week too, uh, or is it this week or next week? Uh, Nick Wayne is finally making his AEW. Uh, debut and like AEW is going all out with it. They're making like promotional videos. They're doing like hype packages. So, I mean, this was the like 16 year old wrestling prodigy on all of the indies, and now he's finally 18 and able to, you know, wrestle on an actual promotion. I've seen Nick Wayne wrestle in GCW a few times. That kid is phenomenal, man. Like I think everybody is in for a treat when they watch Nick Wayne debut. What was it next Wednesday? This coming Wednesday on Dynamite? I think so. Yeah, I think you guys are in for a treat because uh, the kid's phenomenal for an 18-year-old wrestler. He is. I mean, people can say everything they want to about this about modern wrestling and like what it what people performers do and like the stories that are told and how stuff goes down in the ring. It's better than whatever the fuck the 1991 style of wrestling was. Like, I'm more entertained watching this shit because I know that it's at this point in time, I know that it's rehearsed. I know mm-hmm. that it's jock theater. But it's just like, I can't do any of that shit. So it's fucking entertaining for me. And sometimes they still surprise you with plot twists and stuff like that. But it's just like, OK, I'm not. Going crazy about this because the business is revealed. It's just like these guys are fucking athletic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's. What did you what did you call it to to what you were describing? it? It's like jock theater. Yeah, jock theater. Yeah. It is. It is jock theater. It's basically a lot of super athletic guys doing, you know, pretty much things that defy the law of physics. It's either that or somebody just getting completely peppered with a forearm. Yeah. They get knocked out for a few minutes, you know, and uh, it stops a match, but it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, it's just I just love wrestling, man. So right. It's a it's a good it's a it's a, it's in a good spot. It's you know it's cool right now. Wrestling today, like watching wrestling today, is what I thought watching wrestling when I was a kid was. Like if I try to think back to Sting and Diamond Dallas Fish, I watched a lot of WCW growing up. It's you live like in Virginia. Go figure. My mind goes to this is what they were doing at the time, but it wasn't. Theirs was a more sl- theirs was a lot slower and, you know, selling and made to look more realistic. But my mind mm-hmm. saw it, sees it as what I watch modern wrestling as. I mean, today. granted, they, they did a lot of goofy shit back then, too. I mean, we had RoboCop come in. RoboCop. And Sting had his moment in TNA where he hits him with a chair and it's a sting mask and he pulls it off and it's sting with the face paint still on <laughs> and i'm like mask reveal sting <laughs> like sting removes the mask and reveals sting <laughs> like so what do i think they, they they that was a wcw thing too wasn't it yeah they did it in wcw uh once or twice and then he did it in tna it's it's, it's a great spot the i wanted to do it like- once and i wanted to do see him do it once in aew like like Buff Bagwell punches Sting and then he just pulls the mask off and starts beating everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean wrestling's in a great fucking place right now, and even mm-hmm. the W the, even the WWE products improving uh, since Trips has kind of corrected the ship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the tweet <laughs> a few days ago. Uh, WWE trying to figure out how to stop Vince from changing the shows. 
I think that I think <laughs> that tweet I think that tweet was shared in the Discord. Uh, yeah, because that's honestly what it feels like. It feels like uh, all the employees are now trying to outsmart the manager at like a restaurant or something. It's like it's like if you if you have a to- uh, a kid who has a toy and you don't want you don't want the, they're like you know thrashing around with it. You don't want them to have the toy, so you put it somewhere else. And they're like, but I want, but they're gonna get another one. Tell them they can't have one. I think that's why they've. I think that's also follows up with the original tweet of like why they're announcing more stuff on shows is just to prevent Vince from changing it when he gets there. I change it last minute if it's already it's like, announced. We've they're basically doing what people. They're basically doing what people do to their little brothers. It's like, hey, you want to play the game here? Here, take this controller and it's unplugged. I want somebody to give one of these to Vince and just see if it distracts him long enough so they can run a fucking episode. <laughs> give this, a, give a good Rubik's Cube. This has been like this for uh, three months, by the way. I do not know how to solve Rubik's Cubes. So. <laughs> anyway. I, just have, I just have a mixed up Rubik's Cube on my desk. But yes, uh, I'm excited for the next big pay-per-view, which I believe is SummerSlam. SummerSlam uh, and then all, all out. In? All I think out. it's all that's out the and then all in. Mm-hmm. Oh, all in and then all out, which is that's, a week that's... later. It's yeah. a week later. Yeah, it's a week later. Yeah, I think yeah, AEW sort of has that problem. Well, every now and then they have that problem with them slamming pay per views together. Also, yes. So we have all in in England on the twenty seventh of August. Then we have all out back here in the U.S. in Chicago. Uh, oh, uh in September th- September third. Can't wait for CM Punk to come out to Misaria Cantera again. And then, I believe SummerSlam is our next mm-hmm. uh, WWE one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, yes, uh, August fifth. So we might have to do a double episode <laughs> again, <laughs> depending on when we record this. No, it's the twenty seventh of August. So yes, we have this one two weeks two or three weeks and then back-to-back episodes of this show hey content y'all welcome welcome to the summer summer of wrestling yep oh the uh, also fun fact of uh, the SummerSlam uh, the 2023 edition of SummerSlam will be the last event in which WWE is owned and controlled by McMahon so Every pay-per-view after SummerSlam will now be owned by Endeavor. I guess with oh uh, some of their say in it. So that's hey, going to be interesting to see. Vince is still on the board for Endeavor, so it doesn't really change anything. Yeah, he's a executive chairman, and then Nikon is president. Mm-hmm. Uh, the merger is expected to be completed the second half of 2023. So interesting. Oh boy. I'm looking at key people here on WWE's like company website too, and it's just like it feels like the Illuminati because they're just una- they're names that I don't recognize. So it's like who the fuck else is in this company? It's Vince, Nick Khan, some guy named Frank Riddick. It's like who are you? How deep does this go? <laughs> like, Pretty deep in the shadows. He's president. Oh, Frank R- Frank Riddick is president, and yet I don't think I've ever heard that man's name. But anyway. So yeah, uh, that was our Money in the Bank uh, 2023 pay-per-view. Uh, mid. I'll say. It's, it's, it had high I, points. 
but I suppose that is the literal definition of mid. Yeah. Yeah. It I was going to call, points, I was gonna call but... it something lower than mid, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pretty mid. It is a mid. it is a watchable pay per view, but only just only just you can just I would say main event, two ladder matches, opener, be... middle, and then end, and that, yeah. that that that'll get that'll do. You. The like four other matches were just kind of TV matches that got they're promoted. They're just there, but yeah. So, anybody else have anything? No, I think that's about I all I got. Hour fifteen is perfect. No, definitely <laughs> better than our first try. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. When we were recording this for the first time, we talked about the entire pay per view and the main event and our thoughts, and then I looked at the time and it was forty five minutes. <laughs> so. We had to draw this out a little bit, but thank you all for watching uh, this episode of Squared Triangle. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me once again. Yeah, as uh, always. Yeah, we'll be gone for a few weeks before our SummerSlam episode and then our back-to-back AEW episodes. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back to the regular podcast starting next week. If we can figure out what to do. Uh, get Haley back in here and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, everybody, you have a good night. Uh, follow us on our Twitter and everything. It's not updated a lot, but whenever there are updates, they'll usually go there first. And we'll see you all around. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Square Triangle. Find us wherever you get your podcasts under the Without Context Podcast. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at WC Network.